cringe of the week. Cringe of the week. And today's cringe of the week comes in from my buddy Christian Blatt. Fresh off his interview with Jackie the Joke Man, yeah. Martling. Christian Blatt is on fire right now. You can see that on the Who Are These Podcasts YouTube channel. Who are these broadcasters? We come to this place for magic. We come to the Blattcast to laugh, to cry, occasionally be revolted, to pretend that you care. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the sound begins to prematurely dim. Preserving that sacred runtime that is always measured in full minutes. And we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. From musician interviews and unique movie reactions to stories about getting tossed off the groove cruise and rescued by the Canadian CIA. Dazzling conversation on tiny earbuds that repeatedly fall out or a huge pair of Beats by Dre that never fit, but you spent 200 bucks on them, so you wear them anyway. Sound we all can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Our hosts feel like the best part of us, and stories feel perfect and powerful. If you feel like you're part of the episode, it's because here, you are. The Blatcast. We make podcasts better. This is The Blatcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Welcome Blatt. Welcome to The Blatcast. Today is a continuation of a conversation that started last week for all of you. This is a conversation about the films of 2023 and a little bit about the Oscar-nominated films. This is a conversation with Zach Schaefer, who I've gotten to know through the Geekscape Network. As I've mentioned before, I host two shows for Geekscape, the Geekscape Book Club and Marvel Movie Talk. Zach is a little bit more of an overachiever than I am, with three podcasts, $2 Late Fee, Territory Marks, and Podcasting After Dark, which is uh, all kind of a deep dive into the recent past, 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, excited to have Zach back on the show and talk about some of these movies that are our favorites and some that are a little bit less than favorites. One quick programming note on one of my other shows. Who are these broadcasters? My host, Eric Zane, and I will be doing some counter-programming to the Super Bowl halftime show on Super Bowl Sunday, the 11th of February. So right at halftime in the uh, proverbial big game, head on over to Who Are These Podcasts YouTube channel and see what we have in store to distract you from the fact that you're absolutely not enjoying Usher at all. It'll be me. It'll be Eric Zane, my regular co-host. And the great Kaylee from Once Over with Kaylee, a.k.a. Lucy Tightbox, who was on the show a few weeks ago. And, of course, everybody's favorite spud, Cardiff Electric. But that's Super Bowl Sunday. Let's focus on today with Zach Schaefer. As I said, $2 late fee, territory marks, podcasting after dark. So let's welcome right back to the Blackcast, Zach Schaefer. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for uh, coming back on the Blackcast. I know it's been a long week since we last had you on, but uh, thank you for coming on the show again. I will make the trek to this show anytime, my friend. Well, I anytime. appreciate it. So in our uh, previous conversation, we were talking a lot about, you know, just some of the big movies, some of what we maybe were disappointed by. It, you talked a lot about the Iron Claw, which in the last week I still haven't had a chance to see, but it's uh, American Fiction is my next movie I'm going to watch, but I, I do want to see the Iron Claw. Um, I, I have to dig through my wife's uh, WGA screeners. I have to see if where that one is. Because yeah, did you I, get I a screener of that yet? Did you, I have to did see you... if I have Iron Claw, uh, the yeah, Iron I, Claw. I don't know. I'm hoping because I hope I get a screener of that too. Um, yeah. Because some of them I haven't really... gone out. I I went yeah. to see Poor Things in the theater because it, okay. it, we don't have a screener for that. So I think it depends on the studio and whatnot. So uh, Iron Claw seems like it was one of your big movies of 2023. Uh, what's a you know, just one other one, you know, we'll talk about more, but what's another one that comes to mind as I say, like, you know, when you think back on the year, what, uh, what are you thinking of as great movies? Well, I'll say what I said, uh, earlier on last week's episode, I, there's a plane going by. I don't know. If and there's a dog laying down in the background. So there's, got there's so much going and, on. Yeah. It's like, I just want to go for a, you know what? I can't say that word. Cause she'll want to go. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will say, you know, the, a lot of the movies that I go to in the theater are, are uh, more kid friendly because of my son. And he likes to go to the movies. And how old uh, is your son? Just for our Bodie is Bodie's nine years old yeah. going on. He'll be 10 this year. And yeah, so my son, uh, my son's eight turning nine. Both of our kids were at the uh, Geekscape panel. We were on at LA comic-con. Yours was actually on the dais as it were. And, yeah. He was uh, my, so stoked. My son was just sitting in the audience, uh, picking his nose and he was uh, reading. Was like, no, I will shout out your son. He was reading a book and I'm like that ham Helsing awesome. ham Helsing was the ham book he was Helsing. reading. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, we need to revisit the series. So, yeah. So I think it's important because there are things that, you know, like, uh, you know, my daughter is six, my son is eight. So it's like, Oh, what shows have you been watching lately? I'm like, Oh, well they dropped two, 10 new episodes of bluey. So of course I've seen that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always, right. it's always a little, a little biased. And then because, you know, I do shows for geekscape and my podcast where we'll talk about whatever the new star Wars or Marvel stuff is. I'm always up on that one because I'm a fan of that stuff since I was younger than my son, but also because I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's work because I'm going to talk about it. So, um, what are some movies that you and your son enjoyed together? Or if you want to start with one that your son liked, where you were just like, you know, like, can I, can I text in the movie theater? Am I going to get yelled at? You know, right. can I take a nap like Felix I would did? never do that. Well, I will say, I will say that, uh, you know, last week's discussion, we, we uh, equally agreed that some, a lot of these movies are way too long. Correct. And, but a movie that I thought was probably too long, but it was still, enjoyable was the dungeon and dragon movie that came out earlier in the year um i have a strong connection to that movie because my son actively plays DD weekly with a group and his dungeon master is my former student uh when i taught kindergarten he was five he's now 22 i think okay. and uh simon alexander his dad is a a, a jesse alexander a really well-known showrunner and writer he wrote i think he show ran hannibal the tv show hannibal um back in the oh, day wow. and yeah. but but simon simon has been playing DD, thanks to me because i'm the one that introduced it to him wink wink right. that's actually fact uh he he was running D and D for the cast members of the dungeon and dragon movie and of the kids. 
and the director loved him so much he had one of the main characters their name changed to simon played yeah. by justice smith so simon my my former student and my son's <laughs> D D dungeon master is uh, Simon in the movie is named after him, which I thought was really cool. And I love that movie. I, I love D&D. I love the nod to, I thought, you know, a lot of times these like Transformers will reference G.I. Joe, uh, but this did a great job of referencing the 80s cartoon. And yeah. there could be well, more Well, yeah, there's the entire cast of the 80s cartoon they run into in like the maze of the labyrinth or whatever. You which see I thought was really smart. I thought that was great because... I, I I can't say that that show was great, but I sure watched it every week. I loved, you know, I loved Dungeon Master. I liked all, all those kids. And right. yeah, we did an episode on Dungeons and Dragons when it was out theatrically because I was like, you know, I don't think I was planning on that before. Like, oh, I'm going to go see Dun Dungeons and Dragons so we can do it. But um, my brother-in-law, so um, my wife's sister, uh, married a guy named Richard who has uh, an Etsy shop. He's very, you know, he has a weekly D and D game. So I had him on and we talked about it and he felt like they did a good job sort of, you know, honoring the spirit of a lot of things, a lot of shout outs. There's stuff I caught, like what you mentioned, but there's stuff that I would never have known, you know? And I think it, 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 it none of it was like, Oh, too much fan service, too many shout outs, too many inside jokes, which you get that sometimes. I didn't feel that at all for this. And yeah, uh, no, I, I didn't either. I, I thought it was really uh, accessible for a wide audience. Sure. And I'm hoping there is the, there is a good possibility that they're going to make another one, which would be great. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think yeah, it, Chris you Pine know, is also yeah. one of those guys who like uh, I, you know, he, he can look very different in some movies. But I usually like him a lot. You know what I mean? It's usually I'm like, yeah, he's pretty great in, in this, uh, you know, and he was great in that. You know, I, I love him as Jim Kirk, you know, so uh, I I'm, agreed. Yeah, I'm always happy to to see more of him. And that one was a pleasant surprise because you're like, oh, they're making a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I wonder what that's going to be like, because there was the previous Dungeons and Dragons movie in like 2000. So, you know, the, it, it's like how we got the Super Mario Brothers movie this year. Well, there had been one of those before as well, hadn't there? You're but right. That, and it's funny that you bring that up because I forgot that even came out this year. Yeah, no, I know. It's uh, that actually, it's funny because when I made the list that I sent you, it was all movies that you, because I, I have the, uh, I, I'm on the AMCA list. Shout out to me. But I just went through like everything that I saw, but I would remember some that I saw as screenings. But that one, a friend of my son's, it was his birthday party. So that's not in my like history. So I forgot about it until I brought it up right now. And that's another one where you're like, oh, I hoped it would be good. Oh, and it was. And it was so much fun. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Super Mario Brothers. I get it. You can make the argument that there's too many films released that refer to or use existing IP intellectual property. But if you make a good movie using that intellectual property, you know, you should complain a little bit less, I guess, you know, I mean, it's it, the plenty of great movies are still get to be made, you know, uh, but I think that uh, the stuff that we know to take our kids to is like, well, I know what's built into that. I, I know what Super Mario Brothers is. So to me, and they came out, you know, sort of similar time frame, Dungeons did, and Dragons. Yeah. It was like, right. It's like that pre summer blockbuster stretch, you know, like right. end of March, early April, and uh, I mean, I thought I, I thought that uh, that they were, you know, that they were great. 
Um, I assume you took your son to see Super Mario Brothers in addition to Dungeons and Dragons. We did actually that. Yeah. And that was surprisingly was a movie that I had uh, very low expectations for, but it exceeded it. And we were both happy about it. I mean, we've watched it repeatedly since then. Obviously, uh, Jack Black is so good in it and it opened up a whole new world to revisiting Nacho Libre with my son and school of rock and all that good stuff. Nacho Libre, by the way, everybody listening, when's the last time you watch that? And if you haven't watched it fairly recently, go watch it again because it is still so damn entertaining. I I Um, saw it once, uh, you know, my, my wife was working at Paramount at the time and we got to go to a screening. I'm like, Oh, this is really fun. And I don't think about it often, but when I do, I'm like, Oh yeah, that was fun. You know, it's definitely one of those movies that uh, I don't think about uh, that much, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, stuff like that is, yeah, this look, the stuff that's, Never going to get uh, nominated for an Academy Award. Your Super Mario Brothers, your Dungeons and Dragons. That's the stuff right. that uh, jumps out. You know, and then there's like little movies that are that are kind of uh, fun. Uh, I, I enjoyed the movie uh, Renfield with uh, Nicolas Cage as uh, as Dracula. And Nicholas Holt is basically his, I don't know, Guy Friday, you know, Renfield. People know that character. Right. And it had a pretty good sense of humor and was incredibly gory at times which that balance always works for me your actual like gore gore torture porn stuff i tend to not gravitate towards but if it's something like this uh, i i thought was good and it's definitely a movie that a lot of people you know it it had good promotion but i don't think a lot of people really you know rushed out to see it but uh yeah nicholas holt uh nicholas cage were both uh, great in it that was a, a fun one that i saw uh early in the year What's well, interesting, uh, you, you bring that up. Sorry, I don't mean to no, interject ahead, so ahead, quickly, please. but but Nicolas Cage, you know, um, he 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 did the he did a couple of movies called one was called Mandy, and then another one called Color Out of Space, I believe, uh, directed okay. by um, the guy who did Hardware, and I'm blanking right now on his name because I actually interviewed that guy this year, Richard Stanley. Sorry, I never interviewed Richard Stanley, very fascinating guy, um, on my other show, Podcasting After Dark. But uh, it's Nicolas Cage, you know, getting his quote unquote comeback with uh, the movie that where he kind of played himself. Um, yes. And and then he's done a couple other fairly recent movies that he's gotten a lot of, uh, you know, buzz about. And it's just nice. I think people forget that even if the movie he does is trash, like that drive angry or whatever it was, he's always fun to watch on screen. He never lets you down with his performances. Even Sorcerer's Apprentice. I thought he was actually pretty damn good in um, that Disney movie. Right. I remember that that came out, but I never actually saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went down a whole rabbit hole when Bodhi started getting into Dungeons and Dragons of like good D and D movies. And there's really was none of them. And then finally this one came out this year. So we watched it repeatedly, but yeah, Renfield is a movie that uh, I'm glad it got the attention it got, you know, yeah. so many of these movies are not going to get acknowledged by these award shows case in point iron claw, but it yeah. doesn't mean they're not good movies. And in fact, they maybe are better than a lot of the movies that get nominated, but I will also say this third half of uh, 2023 or the, the the end of 2023 was not very good 
for um kid movies like a lot of or family films you know yeah you got like paw patrol came out and like Bodie's like i'm not five <laughs> yeah <laughs> go, but I know, but. my daughter was at the time so there was so much focus on that paw patrol the mighty movie and uh you know it's on paramount plus now so uh it has uh it has been rewatched. let's put it that way um sure but yeah has. i mean look when you take that property paw patrol you know the kids know what they want but as a parent you're always like Oh no, their headquarters got blown up. Oh no, they're moving into a new headquarters. That's a new set of toys. Yeah, uh, exactly. they have powers now. Now they have new costumes. What? What do you do? Stop. You know, which when I was a kid and there were new Transformers sets came out and stuff, is like it was all great. I wasn't the one who had to buy them, but uh, right, the, I, I we had kind of the same thing happen. Uh, I took my son to see Wish, the Disney movie, and you talk okay. about uh, Chris Pine, uh, but it. Um, he liked it, but he said there's too many songs. Not every musical does he say there's too many songs. That one, that was, you know, there's a goat character that he liked. Um, that way, I thought it was good, but it wasn't so good that uh, I think people would be like, oh, yeah, Disney's making great movies right now. I, I enjoyed it. It's a big celebration of their 100th anniversary. There's a lot of nods. There's flashes of characters. There's a lot of things like that. There's okay. definitely a lot of Easter eggs. And, um, you know, my son liked it. Uh, but you know, we saw that we saw migration, which had like a sequence that was a little bit scarier than I wanted it to be for my six year old. It, it was, it was all right. It was voiced by Carol Kane. So I, I was oh. of course excited to hear her, Yeah, um, love her. you know, uh, as, as great as she is, she's one of my favorite parts of the Bill Murray movie Scrooged, you know, his, I totally you know, agree. Bitch hit me her with a David Johansson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> AKA Buster Poindexter. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I, and I love that movie uh, Scrooge, but uh, so there were those and my wife actually really wanted to take them to see the third trolls movie because there was an in sync reunion in it. Basically oh, that's right. Justin Timberlake was in all of the trolls movies. Trolls two was like a big, it was a big movie in the sense that, we went to the drive-in when that was the only way you could see movies in California. And wow. it was like something we could do. Uh, and it was like, you know, we, we went to, we went to Sonic and got food that we ate in the car. We uh, watched the movie in the car and uh, then we drove home. You know, it was very, it was like very pandemic. -y, you know, it was like, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, when you make the movie about, 2020 and 2021 it's gonna have a lot of those you know like those it's like that 70s show didn't do it but if you ever saw that 80s show which didn't last very long it's yeah. a lot of like yeah i'm talking to you on a phone while i walk down the street i was like okay yeah we get it <laughs> so anyway that's the pandemic movie i want to make like you know like you know wait a minute you hugged someone in your house without a mask on it's like oh i live in the house with them yeah but you know Anyway. I, you know, yeah, you're, I'm getting all these floods of 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 feelings about that time. Yeah, because I, I think we talked about that also in the previous episode, how it was like, so for so many people, it's an afterthought. But for so like, I'm constantly reminding my son about that, that, you know, you live through this, this really intense time. Yeah. Um, and, 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 but, but the, the movies this year kind of felt like that same vibe where it was like, there wasn't a whole lot of motivation. You listed off, you know, two or three movies. Now kids really, uh, families oriented kids movies yeah. that came out in the, the second half of the year. 
but none of those really appeal to my son, you know, the way, like, I think the last one we saw in the theater was blue beetle. Um, so there, you know, and I don't want to, it's not a whole discussion about like, Oh, those are girl movies and guy movies. It's not about that. I think, uh, my, my son likes more action adventure type films at this stage. And, geared towards a younger audience and i think blue beetle was the last one to do that even though there were moments of blue beetle where bodhi goes like whoa he's got no clothes on or yeah what's yeah gonna happen? that's right. right but but and that's fine like it's it's all good i just feel like there wasn't it just felt like the the end of the year was was like the the air was coming out of the tire slow leak you know yeah, no, no, I think you're right. And um, there, 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 right now, there isn't really anything for kids of, of, of any age. Uh, Kung Fu Panda 4 comes out in early March. Uh, my okay. son always seems to know release dates for movies he wants to see That's because funny. he remembers the trailer. And also, when you live in Los Angeles, you drive by, not that we're seeing ads for Kung Fu Panda yet, but we live very close to the Disney lot. So we always, like, he didn't, he didn't watch uh, Secret Invasion, thank God. Uh, but he knew yeah. he knew the dates. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I did a show about Secret Invasion. He's like, oh yeah, it's like July sixteenth or June, 16th, whatever the day was. You know, has he uh, shown any interest in Percy Jackson, the television series? Because he hasn't. Uh, we're watching but that right I now. feel like that would be good for him. My wife's reading Harry Potter to him right now, and of course, okay. I realize it's not the same thing. But it's sort of like I think when he gets to the movies of that, it sort of opens you know some more door doors. Um, one of the things my wife read with him uh, this year was the original uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And that Wonka oh, movie was out. I talked to people who saw the Wonka movie. Yeah. Thank I you. talked to people who saw it too. <laughs> and and some, of, some of them, you know, it's like, I don't think anybody that I talked to was like, oh my God, it's so awful. It was just like, it's usually oh. like, oh yeah, it's okay. The movie yeah. I want to, I like, I want to show my kid the gene wilder one you know i've like, shown him them my son that one several times and yeah. nothing i'm sorry i watched that tim burton one and nothing holds a candle oh. to nothing will ever hold a candle to gene wilder no it's it's and it, and it's gene wilder you know i mean yeah. it's like it's 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 horrific it's like all these kids seemingly die as the movie goes along and then you right. realize at the end that they don't but it, it's definitely something to wrap your head around so it's like i i'm like i don't i you know i don't want to take them to see wonka uh, I would rather have him watch, you know, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And uh, no, that Tim Burton one. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's an independent study. He can go watch that on his own one day if he wants to. I don't I don't need to see that again. If he wants to know? go down a rabbit hole of, of bad Tim Burton movies, uh, he can that in Planet he, of the Apes, I think. Well, yeah, but uh, <laughs> don't forget Dark Shadows. I mean, you know, if we're going to really. Oh, that's focus, right. Yeah. What a bummer too. I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like so much of Tim Burton. Uh, I don't, did you ever see the doc documentary uh, about his was, Superman movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's that whatever year that was, that was my favorite documentary. Uh, Me too. Because, you can't because, find it anywhere. I don't think it's even streaming anymore. Maybe it's. Oh, but. wow. Yeah. Well, maybe they're, I don't know who knows. Maybe they're trying to figure out something to do with it or, you know, sell it somewhere, but no, that, yeah, that was great. And you know, look, Tim Burton's a local Burbank boy, you know, I mean, so right. I, I, him, him and Clint Howard, you know, and the entire Howard family, obviously, but uh, I know Clint a little bit. I run into him sometimes. Oh, so. do you? Yeah. Oh, the next time you do tell him, uh, I, I loved him in the Wraith. So, uh, Oh my gosh, he would appreciate that. Well, yeah. I think, uh, he appreciates when anybody likes what he says, but anybody says that they liked him in something, but when it's star Trek, it's a little like, okay, 
thanks. You know, so if if you tell him you love rock and roll high school, he's like, oh, great. Okay, good. I'm glad right. to hear it. You know, yeah, it's but, like Andre uh, Gower saying, oh, Monster Squad. Yeah, I know you know about Monster Squad. Everybody <laughs> knows about Monster Squad. Everybody knows about Monster I, Squad. I will say really quickly, um, you know, you're, 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 as you're listing off these movies that had come out, and I'm thinking ahead to this year of movies coming out. You mentioned Kung Fu Panda. Um, and then I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, they're they're making another uh eight movie, which he's I know my son is excited about because oh yeah, the, the, the Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah, I think that this series of Planet of the Ape movies, which I, I don't know if any of them are technically reboots, but it's been continuing from the one with James Franco back when right. he used to be able to put him in movies. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, look, we've got Dave Franco, so we don't need James Franco anymore. Dave, so I'll take Dave, little Davy Franco any yeah. day. Absolutely. Any day. And uh, yeah, no, and I, I saw tra- the other night when I saw Poor Things, I uh, I saw a trailer for the new uh, Apes movie, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's for my kids, but uh, I'm excited Probably for not. that this year. Well, yeah, I, I will say one movie that is coming out that'll be for your kids, and it's a book series. It's called The Wild Robot. Uh, it's a chapter. The, book. Sorry, there's a little glitch. The Wild oh, Robot sorry. is the book. That's the Wild one. Robot. Yeah, I forget the author's name, but The Wild Robot is that the premise is. Um, this, this ship, a bunch of cargo off this ship falls off in the ocean. It washes to shore. These, these, uh, boxes break open and one happened, one happens to be a robot. The robot, uh, gets turned on by the animals on the, on the, it gets activated by the animals on the Island. And when the robot yeah. comes to, it actually ends up becoming, um, like a, a service robot to the animals and it thinks it's an animal as well. And it becomes the parent to a, to a bird on the Island. And it's a wild, no pun intended, wild story. Um, there, there's a third book coming out later this year. Anyways, I think DreamWorks is putting that movie out. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I haven't even heard of that. So then yeah, that's look into come that. out this year. It is coming out this year. Um, the author Brown, I think is his name. Last name's Brown. He on his Instagram had, tease that uh, that dreamworks is releasing it in the fall so which is a good sign um potentially you know yeah. and and i think that i think we need to see more like all the movies you listed none of them like sound exciting to me yeah okay another trolls movie cool another yeah. pop troll movie great uh, another another willy Wonka. i know it's not a willy willy wonka like reboot but it's a re-envision yeah, or but whatever. it's like a prequel or whatever yeah none of it and, sounded yeah. exciting to me not you know what you sell your kids movies based on the way you describe them. Right. And, yeah. and every time I say to my son, like he loves go to, he loves to go to the movies uh, as well. And I'll tell him about a movie coming out. He's like, nah, not, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Sometimes I'll ask. And uh, a good example of that it wasn't the greatest movie. It seemed very derivative of other movies we saw uh, was uh, Ruby Gilman Teenage Crack, and my daughter did not want to see it because the trailer looked scary. My son enjoyed it well enough. It was a you know it was a good story. Of, you know, the family has a secret. They're uh, cracking. Right. You know, and it, it was fun. There's a lot of like sort of that level. I I think it's a DreamWorks movie. Um, yeah, and so. a, a movie that got kind of overlooked was the this year's Pixar movie, which was Elemental. And yes. I think Elemental was good, had good characters, but it also was like, isn't this like five other Pixar movies? You know, like, right. oh, your dad doesn't like you. Oh, somebody very different than you. And I'm like, you know, it, it, it just it felt very familiar 
not in a way where I was like, well, this movie was terrible. My kids liked it. There's a character who cries a lot. So that was my daughter's favorite because she just <laughs> thought it was funny. Every time he cried, he's a guy made out of water, you know? And it, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we do tend to see a lot of these kids movies and, uh, you know, family movies, but, uh, you know, there aren't a lot that were memorable this year. Like I mentioned migration that it, that was good, but you know, it was also like, you know, I'm, I'm laughing because Danny DeVito is one of the voices, you know, and I mentioned Carol Kane. So we got a mini taxi reunion, you know, but, uh, the, you know, it's true that like a lot of the, the kids movies were not as exciting. Um, but, uh, my daughter loves Ms. Marvel, the Kamala Khan version of Ms. Marvel. She's a character featured on a, a preschool Spider-Man show called Spidey and his amazing friends. So she really wanted to see that. And I had never taken them to a Marvel movie in the theater before, but you want to talk okay. about runtime that one clocked in under two hours. I right. saw, I went to a press screening before I took them to see it. So I knew what it was. I felt like it was okay. You know, some of the things that people might have been critical about that movie were things that made it okay for me to take my two kids to. And there's a lot of cats in it, and it's funny, and uh, they liked it. And I'm like, no, that's not my choice for like the first Marvel movie for them to see in the theater. Uh, but at the same time, it's the one that made sense once, once it was, you know, the timing. You know, my daughter was almost six by then. And, you know, that was probably the one that I was the most excited to take them to because it was a yeah. Marvel movie and it didn't get to the point of like, when is this going to be over? You know, I, so I was going to say, too, that is a movie that I wanted to take my son to. I'm looking forward to watching it when it comes out on Disney Plus, but I think it did not sell itself very well. That was a victim of the strike where, yeah. you know, th they could only do so much marketing for that movie. And what they showed wasn't that appealing to my son, you know, showing sense, yeah. um, Cap uh, the, the youngest Marvel, like constantly screaming and going, oh, my God, you know, yeah. having, having a freak. There was a, yeah, there's a lot my, of that in the marketing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And my son is like, oh, OK, but that's a, like he loves he loves Captain Marvel. He thinks she's totally cool and yeah. he can watch Endgame over and over again. And every time we watch that, he'd be like, you know, she should have been the one to to finish it off. And um, but I think the marketing hurt that film really big. I don't listen to critics per se. I listen to my friends. I listen to you and uh, people that I trust. Uh, and they were always they were all saying, oh, this is great. You got to go check it out or it's, you'll enjoy it. But I never yeah. got around to seeing it. And I think it's because my son was like, nah, it's just not well, doing it for me. Yeah, it also got uh, pushed a couple of times, so much so that the McDonald's Happy Meal toy-ins were in July, but then the movie didn't come out till November. So, you know, and because it was supposed to come out in July, That's and, right. you know, look, that Happy Meal toy-in calendar, that doesn't budge for anything, you know? It's, no. like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to have moved on to Squishmallows by then, so good yeah. luck with your movie. But Ronnie uh, McDonald's like, look, we got a timeline. Can't, like, you can only have <laughs> right. a certain amount of time to fit it in. Right, exactly. But uh, so, you know, I, I through through the toys, I was able to introduce my kids to the concept of Goose, the flurkin that looks like a cat. And we have him and, you know, and now that's cool. And the tie in for Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, my my kids both think Rocket is is funny. And, but my daughter loves Groot. So we watched the there's the like. I don't know, three, four minute Groot shorts on Disney plus. Those are brilliant. And she really liked those and it was fun. And, uh, I watched the, you know, instead of 
trying to start my son off with Guardians 3. We watched Guardians 1 at home and he did enjoy it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we'll get there at some point. Um, There were some good re-releases this year. I took my son to see Return of the Jedi. He had already seen it. I was excited to see it on the big screen again. And uh, you forget that that movie's a little longer than the other two. But, right. uh, you know, they had a lot of stuff to tie up, you know, and in, in theory, they were never going to make another Star Wars movie after that. Some would say perhaps they shouldn't have. But either way, they didn't make another one for like 16 years. So, you know, it stood on its own for a while. And so that was fun. I had seen the original Die Hard in the theater, but I was very excited in December when it came back. So I I found a weekday afternoon where I could go see it at like noon. And, uh, you know, I went to see that we took the kids to see the re-release of Nightmare Before Christmas, which my son had seen it before. This was the first year when my daughter expressed interest around Halloween time, but we kept telling her she needed to wait. We weren't going to watch it at home. We were going to go see it in the theater. And I I think that, uh, that that helped. And yeah, look, yeah, that's the best kind of nostalgia is when you're like, Hey, you know, that movie you already like, you want to go see it on the big screen? I'm like, well, I. I'm a member at AMC. Sure I do. You know, I want to go see it again, you know, and uh, I I don't know. I mean, you know, you're talking about some, some great theaters out there in Santa Monica. You're talking about the arrow. And I believe that was where I saw like an early screening of the, for Disney plus the Marvel, basically short special uh, werewolf by night. Uh, Michael Giacchino was there because he directed it and he talked about it afterwards and it was great. And I, yeah, I mean, I love events like that, but when you you live in Burbank, it takes so much like, oh, I have to be to Santa Monica at seven o'clock. There's a lot of moving pieces that have to happen for me to make it out to stuff like that. But I, I always love stuff like that. You know, my wife's a member of the Writers Guild. Sometimes they have great retro screenings there. I right. uh, I went to a screening of Beverly Hills Cop. This is uh, before the pandemic. And the screenwriter was there and he just blew my mind talking about like, how the movie changed a couple times. It was it, 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 it was supposed to be a comedy. Then Stallone got involved, and his one note is he wanted to be a guy named Cabretti. And so then that movie branches off and becomes Cobra. Right. But some of the sets that they had built for the Stallone version were already built. So some of the sets don't match with Eddie Murphy. And I'm just like, man, I, I love getting those kind of stories from people, you know, on, on movies like that, you know? And, yeah, uh, and if, if you've never talked to, I, I forget his name at the time I had, if you've never talked to the writer of Beverly Hills cop for $2 late fee, you should, because he's got the stories. Like I, j- I just gave you like the bullet points right now, but uh, it's great. I think we're going to, I think we've actually talked about doing Beverly Hills cop uh, this year uh, to coincide with the new one that's coming out, which looks yes. like a lot of fun. Uh, yes. Anything can erase the third one. Cause the third one is trash. Yeah. You know, where they go to the amusement park. Yes. Yeah. And I think it would hurt that movie for me was that it was filmed at an amusement park called great America, which is in Santa Clara uh, where the Niners play. And, uh, and, oh, and okay, I'm like, yeah. I know this park. Oh, uh, and that park sucks. Like this, <laughs> movie this movie sucks because i grew up with that amusement park you know i it was it was like a knockoff of knott's berry farm uh i don't even think it's around anymore but i'm sure people who were from the barrier are like whoa whoa, hold on great america was cool man Eh, it had its moments but um but i want to go back to what you said about guardians of the galaxy and revisiting old movies from the past because um you know we love the guardian franchise i think the third one and in thinking about it later on, I think it was a little too intense. I think a lot of the animal torture was like 
too intense. It was very dark, uh, but yeah. I still love the characters overall. And I like, I like the way they wrapped it up. Um, but it opened a door for me to show big trouble in little China to my son, which he now loves. He knows who Jack Burton is. He's taught we've, I've talked about Jack Burton. I write notes for my son. I've been doing it since he was, uh, two years old in preschool. And now he's nine. So you yeah, you, you, uh, you post those on social media they're these really detailed like very sweet and you there's little drawings on them and uh i was just like oh man don't ever don't ever uh, put me in a in a best dad contest against zach because uh, i'm not going to come close I, I love i love seeing those notes when you post them though yeah oh thanks yeah and i think people uh oftentimes get a kick out of the fact that i use a lot of 80s references 80s and 90s references and um and jack <laughs> right. burden shows up a lot and and so I finally showed him Big Trouble in Little China and he loved it. Like he laughed out loud throughout the whole thing. And it was so satisfying. My wife looks over at me and she goes, you're so happy about this right now. Like that's condescending, but she's like, you're happy about this right now. And I go, I'm so happy about this right now because I told my son, I'm like, Jack Burton is basically Star-Lord. Like he, you know, he's a jackass. Yeah. You, you know, he's pompous, he's cocky. Uh, he's maybe not always the hero, you know, but he also too is the hero. So, you know, Wang Chi is really the hero of uh, Big Trouble in Little China. But uh, it was so nice to go down that road with him and revisit Big Trouble in Little China. And it's one of those things where, like you said, watching Die Hard on the big screen. Uh, and I saw it too as a kid with my mom, which is funny. Um, you watch these yeah, movies I, I saw again. I saw RoboCop with my parents. I was 11. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I talk about that on, on $2 late fee, like the movies that I probably should not have seen and actually podcasting yeah. after dark movies. I should not have seen as a kid uh, with my parents. And then some where I'm like, why didn't I see that with my parents? Why did I see it by myself? Um, because they didn't want to go see uh, Yah Yahoo serious or what young, I young what Einstein or, or Howard, the doc yeah. or UHF. Yeah. 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 Which I saw repeatedly in the theater. Um, you know, but, but you see these movies with your, seeing Die Hard as an adult now, it's still amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm glad your kids got to see Nightmare Before Christmas on the big screen because that's yeah. where you should be seeing these movies. Right. No, no, I definitely agree. And I mean, and and it's like the the nostalgia, like you were, we were saying, is is very intoxicating and it's exciting to take our kids to see stuff like that. Uh, and when it is the actual movie and it's not just, oh, here's a new version of the thing, you're like, okay, I know what it's going to be. So right. uh, I would say the main reason why I wouldn't take my eight-year-old to see Die Hard is, uh, is really the language <laughs> more so than the, the violence. Yeah. The language is very casual in there, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, that's a little much. You know, I'd say, but, yeah, I'd say Big Trouble in Little China has the same language as Guardians of the Galaxy, but Die Hard is a, it's R for many reasons. Right. Yeah. They have like, uh, I think they have like one shit in the Marvels or something. And, uh, you know, as soon as it happened, I turned to both of them. I was like, this, that's just because it's a movie, you know, and I, I knew it was coming. But uh, yeah. And, you know, look, I think that uh, one of the movies I wanted to make sure that we talked about uh, because there did become this kind of buzz amongst honestly a lot of the same people you and i both know was uh godzilla minus one yes and american godzilla movies whenever i see them i'm like well why did i go and do that because right. it was terrible you know the i remember for some reason being excited about the 1998 uh you know the one with uh, with matthew broderick in it 
you know, the Roland Same. Emmerich. And, and uh, I mean, that might, that, that is not the worst movie I ever saw in the theater, but you know, it, it comes into the conversation for sure. It, I had I, a great soundtrack. That's true. It's an ever Puffy, Puffy and Jimmy Page. That's right. Yeah. I, I was an intern on SNL when that came out and oh, Puffy and Jimmy Page were the musical guests on an episode uh, oh, that's to promote right. that. Yeah. And uh, I, wow. I, I saw the rehearsals. I, yeah. So it's, uh, cool. you know, the things you get to do sometimes when you're an intern are more interesting than the things you get to do when you have an actual uh, paying job. Right. But, um, <laughs> Godzilla minus one. It, it, it's sort of like fascinating in a way because like so many Godzilla movies, did you see it? It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna no, spoil no, but it's, it, it's one of those that I'm like, every time I, I'm like, why didn't I see that in the theater? Cause I really do love the franchise and I love, uh, you know, we've, my son loves the franchise as well. He actually likes the movies, the Godzilla, the, the, the more recent ones. And I'm like, well, right. we should see minus one. Cause I think you'll like that even more. I, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's obviously it's in Japanese. So there's a lot of reading, uh, but they're also about to release uh, Godzilla minus one minus color, which is the entire film in black and white. They uh, did oh. a, they did that in Japan for a little bit. They had a run there, and I guess there was enough cool. interest here that we're like, sure, we'll do that. But it, in in a way that doesn't gonna isn't gonna spoil anything that people who've seen a Godzilla movie before, Godzilla's not in it that much, as you know, because you usually only get so many minutes of Godzilla time. But the rest of the story, it's almost like Christopher Nolan's Godzilla. It's like, it feels wow. like 1917, the film, you know, in a lot of ways, because they're dealing, you know, this is uh, post-war Japan and dealing with some real issues and real decisions that have consequences. And, uh, you know, just there's, there's like a really gripping like people story. So I can't say I was surprised by that movie because I finally went to see it because everybody was going crazy about Godzilla minus one. And that was one I'm like, I need to see this while it's still in the theater. Right. The impression was it was only going to be in the theater for a week or two. And then they're like, ah, just kidding. We'll just leave it around. People keep spending money on it. And you it know. got nominated too. Didn't it get nominated? It for did something? for uh, for foreign film. Yeah. There's a, there's a great uh, viral clip of uh, the filmmakers reacting to the announcement. Oh yeah. And they were very excited. Right. They're like, you know, the confetti going off. Um, that's uh, that's on the list of, you know, it's not nominated for uh, best picture, but that's something from the end of the year that I, I think people should see for sure. You know, um, we talked a lot about Maestro in the previous episode, so I don't need to dwell on that. You can see the previous episode that I did with Kaylee from Once Over with Kaylee, uh, which uh, she has a movie review show as well. And we uh that movie gets the knock for being oscar bait and in a many many ways it's oscar bait um the movie that i saw that felt like oscar bait but i wanted to see it on the big screen because it's really scott was napoleon and, oh yeah okay uh i think that the you don't often see fight scenes from that era on the big screen and ridley scott was definitely the guy to do it the fight yeah. scenes are great the joaquin phoenix's performance is not bad but it's like everyone has a British accent except him. He's an American. And I'm glad that they didn't have him do like a French accent, you know, but you know, whatever they, that he could have done probably would have eaten into the performance he gave. And it's, right. it's like good, but there's a reason nobody's talking about it. Cause you're just like, all right, this is kind of what I thought it would be, you know? And uh, you know, it's sort of, uh, and when you see a movie like that, you're like, I, I, I know enough about history Oh, there's stuff that I don't know. Did this really happen? And I'm like, I don't want to go do the homework, you know? Right. So 
but it, you know, and that's one of those that I can see how it's it's getting overlooked, you know, because I I, I, I thought that it was good, but you know, it certainly wasn't it wasn't amazing, you know. Well, I think I you you, you make me think of something that you know obviously scorsese with his uh killers of the flower moon film is is getting all that buzz scorsese and really scott at one point you know both of them were considered the two of the greatest directors of all time in fact if you if you put up some of their movies you can still make that case with both of them uh because ridley scott has directed phenomenal films however his movies in the past i don't know 10 years or so, maybe more than that have just been kind of like, okay, yeah, that was good, but I'll never watch it again. Scorsese, he still gets the critical acclaim, which he rightfully deserves, but he also surrounds himself with great writers, editors, et cetera, et cetera. For me personally, though, their movies don't have the same impact that say a Blade Runner does or Goodfellas because I think it's just the way things are shot nowadays. It doesn't have yeah. that same impact to me anymore. Everything looks, you know, because it's shot digitally or it's too polished. It's too, you know, uh, perfect. Um, I, I just watched a movie. The I just watched Weird Science the other day. We sure. have our upcoming season five premiere for $2 late fee in February. We're covering Weird Science. And I was saying to Dustin on the show how it was so refreshing to see kids on there with pimples kids with not perfect hair you know and now everything is so perfect and it's so polished even when it's not supposed to look polished it's clearly polished and it just doesn't have the same vibe to me anymore we're right about shooting things on film and that was the thing about seeing die hard on the big screen you're like oh yeah it's just like some of the the shot composition it's beautiful because it's on film if that same movie were to have magically been shot digitally it wouldn't look the way we remember it i don't think that that movie becomes you know any less good it just isn't going to look as as amazing uh, as it does as uh as kind of a result um a movie that my my wife was very excited for that uh, she doesn't get out to a, a lot of movies where she's like the one driving it uh, for people who may or may not know. My wife is uh, Chinese American. And so the movie Joyride she was very excited about because it's a female uh, Asian, you know, buddy movie road picture, right. one of those. And it's, it's silly. It's outrageous. It's just, you know, it's sort of like, you know, yes, you can compare it to bridesmaids in some ways because of the level of humor, but, you know, in the same way, it's like it's also like the hangover. You know, it's that kind of vibe that I think people who like those movies would definitely like Joyride. It gets, you know, attention and, you know, it gets very certain spotlights shined on it when it's in release because it's like, oh, it's the, you know, the Asian bridesmaids is, you know, even right. though it's not what the story is. And uh, I think that that was a very good, very funny movie that uh, obviously people didn't necessarily pay that much attention to. And. Uh, around the same time, there was the movie Strays, which was the talking dog movie where they're all foul mouthed, and you know it's like Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell, and yes. it's very funny, but it's also it's like not great, you know. It's like it, it's like if there's ever a movie that I didn't need to see in the theater, it would be that one. But that's just you know what I felt like. I didn't doing see it either. That Did you see Quiz Lady by chance? I did with Aquafina. No, I didn't see that and, one. Um, yeah, that, that it was actually and and Sandra Oh and Will Ferrell. It's that's a fun film that that actually surprised me. Uh, I know it had a limited theatrical run, but I think it's on Peacock, perhaps. Okay. Um, that one was 
surprising to me where I'm like, oh, I, I, I was expecting to watch the first 15 minutes with my wife and then go to bed and she would watch the rest of it. I ended up watching the whole thing and I'm like, this is actually really well done. And Aquafina was really good. And I, I don't dislike her as an actor. I think she's really funny, but, uh, but you know, I don't like line up to see her movies. Um, and yeah. then Joyride was one of those movies where I'm like, man, I really want to see that. I will see that eventually. I'm sure. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, it's nice to see just like a more diverse uh, styles of movies, not just centered around like, oh, this this movie is about Asian Americans, you know, and, yeah. and everything's going to be about that. This, no, Joyride is a, or a quiz show is a quiz game or whatever, quiz lady. Whatever heck, yeah. Quiz, quiz lady, show sorry. is also a phenomenal movie, of course, but quiz that was lady, phenomenal. Yeah. And it actually give me a whole new perspective on quiz shows, too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, quiz lady yeah. is fun. Yeah, you can check it out. Um, and you know, I think that, uh, you know, there's, uh, oftentimes a lot of attention played to, you know, fact-based movies and I, I don't have a bad word to say about air, the movie about the air Jordans. Okay. Um, yeah. I found it to be, I found it to be interesting, but I've also like, if somebody's like, that's about shoes, it sounds stupid. I'm like, well, it's not really much more than that, but if it sounds stupid to you, don't see it because it's, you know, and, uh, Matt Damon, you know, great. We get, we get Affleck, you know, there's, there's all this stuff that's, that's great about it. And it's interesting, but it's like, I feel like I, you know, the deck was stacked in my favor. The deck was stacked in my favor because I kind of wanted to like it, you know, but it's also, that's a movie that's on, uh, uh, that's an Amazon movie. So I'm sure it's on prime, you know, right. it's like, it's definitely one of those movies. That I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I saw this. It was, you know, and yes, it's set like in the you know late eighties. It's in that era, but you're also like, oh, it kind of feels like a, a movie from that era. You know, that was the thing I was saying about the holdovers. It feels like a movie from the era that it's from. You know, yeah. not just from the look, but from the storytelling. And uh, you know that 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 was one that you know people were talking about. But I don't know where it is in terms of uh, nominations. And uh, maybe the last movie that I'll mention is uh, Asteroid City, which was this year's uh, uh, Wes Anderson movie. I almost said Wes Craven. We should be so lucky. Uh, this I year's uh, Wes Anderson movie. And I really like Wes Anderson movies. I even liked some that people didn't as much. But they definitely, you're getting the feeling of like, there's a little bit of diminishing returns each time. You're like, right. I, I have to remember the, to not compare this to Royal Tenenbaums. Like I'm going to compare yeah. this to the last one and it's good. And the cast is great. And visually they always look weird and they're always quirky and interesting. You know, uh, Jason Schwartzman, I always like in things, but he's always seems to be best when, uh, when Wes Anderson's writing his dialogue. So, and, uh, uh Scarlett Johansson's good. And it. it's like, Oh, this is very good, but it's also like, you know, and they do like a weird thing with transitions. Tom Hanks is in it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, Oh yeah, but it's not great. It's like if I'm like, oh yeah, I saw Asteroid Cities. I'm like, oh, I hate Wes Anderson. Don't don't see it. This is not going to be the one to win you over. You have to already like it. And that's sort of what I was saying about Air. You know, if you feel like you're not going to like it, in these cases, you're probably right. You know, but what you were saying in our previous conversation about Iron Claw, if somebody's like, oh, I don't think I like wrestling, that shouldn't take away from what sounds to me is a great movie, right, Zach? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a I'm glad you brought that up. And it's a perfect reason to say, go see Iron Claw. If you like dramatic films about families, because that's what this movie is. It's where I always said, you know, the wrestler was a good movie. Um, this one just has a different vibe. It's, it's, it's a family structure. It deals with 
uh, the dynamics of, of, you know, men not crying in front of their kids kind of thing back in that mm -hmm. day, like the seventies and the eighties. Well, it goes back even further as far as, you know, what was acceptable for men, quote unquote, back in the day. Sure. Um, you know, and, and I think it's an important film to see because it, it'll open your eyes to the, the professional wrestling is, is um, it's complex. And the stories that these guys go through, the real stories that they go through are even more interesting than what happens on screen on TV. Um, so I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It is depressing as hell. I can tell yeah. you that. Um, but, but it's nice to see like air. It's funny when you brought up air, cause I will see that movie. I will see flaming hot as well, but I'm like, do I really need to see a movie about the Nike industry? Yeah, sure. Yeah, or I the like Cheetos, Nike, which is flaming the hot. Industry. Yeah. But but I said the same thing about a. I, this movie came out years ago, uh, but I just watched it the other night and I was actually compelled by it. Was Togo because you brought up um, Willem Dafoe? I think in our previous episode, Togo is about the the bobsled or the bob bobsledder. No, the the musher uh, up in Alaska in the like. It, uh, in Nome, Alaska that helped save all these kids lives that needed this, uh, you know, uh, medicine. And they had to go over th like 800 miles or something to rescue, to get this serum. And they had to go on, on mushers. And everyone knows the story about Balto Balto being the, the, yeah. the dog that, but Balto only went 31 miles. Uh, and it's not to diminish who Balto is, but Togo, <sighs> Balto, you with, slacker, <laughs> right? Togo and Balto has a statue in central park, but Togo was That's this dog beautiful. who went over 200 and like 240 miles or something like that. And he was 12 wow. years old. And Willem Dafoe is, is, as Willem Dafoe is ever in that. And he's really good in it. Um, but it's a, it that's on Disney plus. We just watched it. It's a heartwarming story. It's a, and it's inspirational too. And so I guess my point is like these movies come out, I'm sure they're very good, but it doesn't appeal to me. Like say, I don't know the next, uh, the next dead reckoning, the next dead reckoning part. Two. Right. And we've, got, and we've got Deadpool three this summer is the only uh, Marvel movie. So I'm excited about that. Oh, wow. Uh, that's right. I, yeah, I will uh, very quickly. I know you're we're, we're under a little bit of a time crunch, but I'll just mention because I was going through my list. There's only two movies that I didn't get to. And so I'm going to mention both of them. Uh, Haunting in Venice, I thought was actually very good of those hmm. uh, those Hercule Poirot movies. Kenneth Branagh as Poirot. Um, I hated the, the second one, the 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 Egypt the death on the Nile. Uh, okay. So I only went to this one because it was a press screening and I knew there'd be free popcorn. And I actually really liked this one. This one was so much better than the second one and a movie that most people wouldn't have had the interest in even knowing about, let alone see is a movie called spinning gold, which is about the record industry in the seventies. It's about oh. Neil Bogart, the guy who started Casablanca records, which signed kiss Donna summer, yeah. but it, it, you know, and uh, it's not really made through cooperation with Kiss, so don't be uh, looking for you know a good Kiss story in there. Oh, uh, don't look for some history. But he, but Neil Bogart's son directed this movie, and uh, you, so you can tell the detail and the lead, the actor in it. His last name is Jordan. I don't have him in the front of my head right now. Um, he's phenomenal. He has to sing and dance, and he's also a good actor. He, it's narration to the camera, which I don't always like. I don't always yeah. hate it, but it doesn't always work. You know, what's the name the of the movie again? Spinning Gold. Uh, it was out okay. in March, so I'm, I'm I don't know if you have to buy it or if it's on a streaming service, but um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, and it, I, I don't know. I mean, I like movies about the music industry and and same, you know, me too. 
record companies. It's a very 70s movie, but I was glad to see it. I actually ran into a friend who was, it was the day that uh, Dungeons and Dragons came out. And she's like, oh, you're going to see Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, no, I'm actually seeing Spinning Gold. I'm seeing Dungeons and Dragons tomorrow because I I needed to see that while it was in theaters. Anyway, Zach, uh, our our marathon binge of uh, trying to talk about all these movies uh, and I, I, I always enjoy having you on our various shows, whether it's yeah. on the black cast or, or over on Geekscape or anywhere else. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, I can certainly tell everybody where to find you, but, uh, if you want to provide with the many podcasts you're a part of, uh, take a moment and let everybody know where they can find you. I'll make it really simple. Go to $2LateFeed.com, TerritoryMarks.com, and PodcastingAfterDark.com. Those are the three, uh, my three main podcasts that I do. And uh, we got a lot of fun content. It's all nostalgia-based. So it's wrestling, pop culture. Uh, we have a new show coming out called 80s Kids Unite, which is a, uh, we, we did a panel at uh, LA Comic-Con last December which was a lot of fun and that's coming out on all the feeds. You'll check that out on all the feeds, but if you like wrestling eighties movies, nineties movies and cult movies, check me out or just throughout to you. Okay. Uh, you froze up when you said, check me out. Uh, you, so I got the check me, and- check me out, man. No, check me out uh, on all the three websites. I just shot it out. Uh, $2 late fee territory marks podcasting after dark you can also find me on Instagram. And, um, yeah, if you love pop culture and nostalgia, I'm your guy. Absolutely. Well, thank you uh, so much uh, for taking the time to uh, be with us over the last two weeks. Uh, our friend Zach Schaefer. It's my pleasure. And I'm always happy to be on with you, Christian. And I'm looking forward to having you on, uh, down the road, whether it's whether it be Adventures of Ford Fairlane or whether it be Beverly Hudson Hills Hawk, Cop. who knows what Hudson else we Hawk. need to talk about. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, uh, I've seen that many times in the theater too, yeah. by myself. Well, I, uh, I, I look forward to that. And one more time, because we're nothing if not thorough pluggers here on the Blackcast. One more time, your reminder that you can find Zach Schaefer on $2 Late Fee, Territory Marks, and Podcasting After Dark. $2 Late Fee is a show that focuses on 80s movies. Territory Marks focuses on 80s wrestling. And Podcasting After Dark deals with cult horror and action movies from the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. As for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. And don't forget, I told you a little while ago, who are these broadcasters? You can find that every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific over on the Who Are These Podcasts YouTube channel. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're doing our Super Bowl halftime half show during the halftime on Sunday, February 11th. So head on over to the Who Are These Podcasts YouTube channel. As I mentioned, Kaylee from Once Over with Kaylee, who talked maestro with us in episode 580 of the Blackcast. And North America's number one spud, Cardiff Electric, who discussed Burt Kreischer's The Machine on Blackcast 545. And finally, it is February, so that means it's time for my annual not at all narcissistic and not even a little bit pitiful self-throne birthday party episode of the Blackcast. You'll be able to hear that next week, and you'll be able to watch the live stream on my actual birthday, Thursday, February 8th. 
1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Bladcast YouTube channel, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Scheduled to appear, our buddy Will Sterling. We'll see if anybody else comes by, but that's more than enough show. But as I always say, that's not this time. That'll be next time on the Bladcast. Thank you for listening to The Bladcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on The Bladcast. Welcome to the party, pal! I got a joke for you. I got a joke for you, you Dr. Steve. Does uh does February March? No, but April May. Oh well, that's what you call me slap remark. I heard that from Christian Blatt's son. That's a good one. He told that to Jackie the Joke Man on who are these broadcasters? <laughs> his, uh, he actually stumped the Joke Man with it though. Jackie didn't know that one. Is, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, stumping the Joke Man is pretty impressive. I'll have to say. I don't know if he won anything for it. Christian Blatt's kid, uh, fan of Stutcho. <laughs> he watches every episode. <laughs> Can you imagine there's just a bunch of eight, nine-year-olds just sitting around? <laughs> yeah. Shh, shh, he's on. He's on. <laughs> All right, Christian, everybody else at Bladcast. I don't know what that is. Naughty. Uh, yesterday, I was actually on the Bladcast with Christian Blatt, which was amazing. We talked all about Maestro um, and had a great time. Very good. Yes. Um, you were praising that before we started the show today. You had a great time. It was with, amazing. Uh, Christian Blatt. Check out the Blattcast. Check out Once Over with Kaylee. That's a YouTube channel. And yes, Blattcast. Everyone check out Carter's special on Ed the Sock. It was fantastic. I am addicted to Ed the Sock now. Uh, I have no response. He hasn't responded to you. No, nothing, nothing. Been a couple tweets sent that have been tagged in. No, no response. But interesting. I feel a part two coming on. Christian Blatt, I suspect. Might be calling your mother, but not 100% from who are these socials. I mean, he did tweet something on Mother's Day. He tweeted something about moms. So I'm assuming that's what he meant, you know, obviously. So, you know, I would start looking into Christian Blatt. Blatt it. I don't know. Nobody knows how to say it. Nobody knows. But anyway, the Bladcast and who are these socials? Sorry, the Bladcast. Who are these broadcasts? Who are these broadcasts? When Eric Zane and... Christian Blatt are live on this same channel of who are these broadcasts? Broadcasts. Not who are these socials, as Cardiff said. Or broadcasts. No, I said broadcasts. Broadca- well, you also broadcasts. said socials, but Yes. Who are these broadcasters? Is on this channel every broadcasts. Tuesday. New Kiss era starts now. Oh, yeah. It's the. I of the tiger, it's the thrill of the night, rising up to the challenge of arrival. The great Christian Blatt. Yes, go to the Blattcast and subscribe there, because I'm sure all of you are already subscribed to who are these podcasts. Mr. Blattcast is in the chat. Oh my God, it's Christian. Oh, Blattcast? Yeah. Uh, we got one gifted to Lesser Logic, one to the Blattcast. Can you please call Christian Blatt after this and explain yeah. to him <laughs> quality control? We're fighting for our right to live the way we need to to exist in a festive world and the bladcast showing up my buddy christian hello i'm conrad bain what's the matter senor luigi you look a little nervous i'm very nervous no invite yeah <laughs> who are you christian blad we're christian, you are you're a talker no you like the I worst broadcast ever. Ever. well this has been the bladcast you can find me at christian dmz yeah.
I don't. You haven't heard Christian Blatt do it. The Blatt cast. Thank you, Christian. How is it that Wendy is so much better at this than Stunt Joe, Chad, and Kevin Brennan? Whoa! Hacka hackas. As pissed off as Vinny is at you, you should be at Christian Blatt and Eric Zane. Mousies? The Blatt cast, 199. Thank you, Bladcast. Bladcast. The Bladcast is a hundred percent right. Uh, the Bladfest. The Bladcast. The Bladcast. One of the best podcasts you can ever see. The Bladcast. Whoop de doo. We're watching it. We got no Wi-Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it. Go watch the Bladcast. Good luck with the whole thing. And you know, here's to another five hundred. Get you to a thousand. You know, which is more than five hundred. Last time I checked. Totally forgot. I am doing the Bladcast tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed. <laughs> that was not my fault. Tuki loves you all more than a friend. I love Tuki. Yay! <laughs> hacka hacka! I'm so excited! Try anything you cancel, bro. <laughs> what are bells? AMC Theatres. We make movies better.